So I inveigled Sham to come to the Black Poly Pride, you know, conversation and meetup on Saturday. I did a lot of hard work to make that happen. <laughs> and then Sham popped in at the time that was very much about social justice. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I jumped in, it got very, very real and very, like, I don't even know what to call it, political or... Yeah, definitely political. Yeah. <laughs> it was still a great time, though, because, I mean, he was also there for the happy hour after the fact, and we had a great time with that. I don't know, like... I mean, because the conversations that we were having before he got there were, like, super important and super dope. <laughs> and then it's just unfortunate that he popped it at, like, the time that was very not relevant to his lifestyle. I mean, it was kind of relevant, but it's just that it's, like, I, I caught, like, peace off before, you know, when, I guess, I wouldn't call it left, because those are still important conversations to have. But it was, like, before I got there... It seemed to be more about like being poly and you know black, but by the time it got like in full swing, it was more about being just just being black more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean, it's great we had like that celebrity person that was like really talking about stuff, and then we interviewed the other celebrity person that was talking. So that's super dope. We're guys, we're pulling celebrities, we're yeah. pulling famous people. Yes, so like last you know late night show at this point you know <laughs> yeah so are we like the, the the daily show with like trevor noah or something we're like the polyamorous version of that i mean might as well <laughs> we've got like segments we've got you know lovely black people in charge we might as well be daily. <laughs> we're the thing only we come out only on wednesdays <laughs> So it's not daily at all. <laughs> not even close, but you know what? It counts. It matters. Yeah, you know, baby steps, baby steps. You know. Baby steps. And we're supposed to be starting to work on our Patreon. It's a thing that I put on my list of things to do for like a minute. But <laughs> the thing with Patreon, especially as a podcast platform, I feel like you have to create content specifically for them. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, we have tons of hilarious content for you guys to have, such as bloopers and shit, and um, my drunken rambles, <laughs> and uh, outtakes from, like, interviews that we've done or whatever, but it's, like, collating that. That's what a Patreon is. A Patreon is more work. I mean, it's more money. I mean, it's money. <laughs> oh, but it's, like, so much more work and responsibility and, like, yeah. Yeah, it's on the list of things to do. We talk about that in this episode also. Uh, (laughs) But mostly, the most important part of all of this is that we did an interview with, drumroll please, Sham, do a drumroll. Like, tap tap out the drumroll right now. Can you hear that? (laughs) Vaguely, but you know what it counts. We did an interview with Polyamorous Black Girl, a.k.a. PBG. (laughs) AKA Alicia. Like we we managed to snag a super famous person, y'all. It's like how we snagged Kevin, aka Polly Role Models. We snagged Alicia, aka Polly Iris Black Girl. And it was a super dope conversation. Like she really enjoyed it. We really enjoyed it. Good good chat. And we talked about the important stuff too, you know, it wasn't all fun. 
I mean, it was still fun, but it was like fun and like discussing like real issues that you know we have in the community or they have in the community because it will skew kind of American, but it's still relevant to anyone black. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I feel like because we are where we're from, we are from where we're from. Our experience is like very narrow compared to other people from bigger places like the U.S. and Canada, where PBG is from, uh, just because um, we don't experience some of the same issues. Like, I mean, our issue is mainly that the island's too small. Yeah. <laughs> too small. There's no real, there's no, like, community at all here, really, other than the people you know. Yeah. It's funny because they'll be comp- complaining about, you know, they're not being enough of them over there, but then they'll have so many and they can even have a, an actual meetup where we're just here like, wow, imagine having like 10 people at a meetup. That would be <laughs> right. Imagine, imagine 10 people being here right now. That would be wild. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's too small, but you get yeah. the like yeah. They're complaining about like, we don't have enough. And we're just like, your small numbers would be like every poly person in our country <laughs> yeah so i mean it, it's just intense and i mean like i said the competition was dope we had a super great time um uh sham did end up having a good time at bpp <laughs> the happy hour segment where um you know things got a little frisky yeah so they, they played truth or dare i didn't even know this was going to be a thing i know there were games this one i did not expect <laughs> yeah, and then I may or may not have thrown him under the bus. But to be fair, he threw me under the bus first with another game that we played, <laughs> which was most likely two. And oh, that's not that's not my fault. I didn't <laughs> you called my name when you knew I would have to drink. So the point is that, guys, Shime got his comeuppance. We had a great time, <laughs> and uh, we definitely were able to uh, snag this interview with Alicia, and it was super dope. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the interview was good, yes. The conference, not so much, but definitely the interview I have fun. We sure did. Well, I mean, this week, it's coming up again on Saturday, and apparently it's kink week, so I'm looking forward to that. We will put the link, of course, to everything in the show notes, as usual, but until the end, I'm Jen. I'm Sham. And we're we're monogamish. monogamish. I think we got it perfectly that time. It sounded very off on mine. I don't know. It sounds perfect on mine, okay? And I don't know. We're here in this very important happy day. It's a happy day because I have another celebrity. I, just, I collect celebrities now to interview, so that's my thing. I'm a, I'm a celebrity person. So you hear her? She's, she's a celebrity. She knows her status. You know, we had Kevin Patterson, you know, aka Polly Role Models on. We had celebrity, Michelle, you know, polyamorous wild Asian slash Michelle. We tried to do like a Clark Kent Batman thing. You know, with it, Clark Kent Superman, right? And I know my superheroes. I'm not dumb or anything. <laughs> Did all the stuff. We have another celebrity here. You guys may know her as polyamorous black girl. 
I know her as polyamorous black girl. <laughs> but she has a real name. It's it's Alicia, but she yeah, she has a real name too. So again, another, you know, Clark Kent Superman <laughs> moment yes. with more celebrities. The brown. <laughs> yeah, so happy to have her here. You know, uh, I've had the experience of listening to her talk and reading stuff that she's written, and it's kind of like, <gasps> crazy, crazy important, crazy information. And one of the first, I think, blog posts that I really found about polyamory was uh, something from your website. So, really, which one? <laughs> Oh, I mean, we started started the initial like, oh yeah, you know, polyamorous black girl, and the initial forays into it more or less, like one of the first ones that you posted, and uh, we'd shared it among our little, um, you know, non-monogamous group here. Oh really? I was shared in the group. You were shared in the group, yeah, amongst all eight of us. <laughs> a very small community. It's a very small community, but. You know, we were kind of like, oh, my God, yeah, I read that. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I read that when, she, when it came out. And we're like, okay, well, you didn't send it to us, and now you have it again. So, <laughs> but, yes, thank you so much for joining us today, taking time out of your super busy superhero schedule. I was doing fuck all, okay? I've been this quarantine. I'm not doing nothing, really. So, <laughs> very honored to be here, though. Uh, see, Sham, she's honored to be here. We're just, oh, look at us. We're growing big. I'm so proud of us. High fives to us. <laughs> See that, guys? That was a self high five. There you go. Because we're in quarantine. We're not touching other people. Yeah, so we've got to touch ourselves. Yeah, that's right. We touch ourselves. And it is May. It's Masturbation Month, which means that you have to touch yourself daily. That's the only way it works. Perfect. I'm so excited about that. I didn't know until somebody told me, and I was like, finally, I can really do this and not feel like a weirdo, like masturbating all the time. Uh, see, I think people were looking at me funny too. We were like, "Oh, how often a day do you how often do you masturbate?" And I was kind of like, "A day or a week?" Like an and they, hour? <laughs> they're like, "What do you mean a day?" I'm like, "You guys don't masturbate more than once a day?" <laughs> oh, I don't know anything about that masturbation. What are we talking about? Never heard of her. <laughs> but yeah, I'm the opposite of uh, no, not November. <laughs> That just seems cruel to your own self. Like, really? A whole month? Yeah, no, not November makes no sense. Why would I want to not come for a whole wait, month? Wait, first of all, wait, what is that? No, oh. November? Yeah. That's oh, a thing? Yep, that's for, a thing. For why? <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> exactly. No one knows why someone would want to do that to themselves. It's just something someone made up like, to be cruel, I guess. I'm, I'm going to blame it on, like, some... Either a super religious group or something, I don't know. Yeah, we're going to blame other people for that. I've never participated in No Not November. Because uh, even if I'm not having partnered intercourse, I'm definitely doing it to myself. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I haven't had partnered intercourse in a long, long time. So it's all self-love here. Is that the thing you want to break once quarantine is over? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to, I have to spread open everywhere. Like I need to, I need to be felt up and penetrated, and I just need, I yeah, yeah. That's the already, already like, let them know that once this is over, it's your yep. time. Hundred percent. I'm, I'm open, open. It's online Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> open it, and here it comes. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have this like sex club here in Toronto that I used to work at. I'm just gonna go there, lay by the pool, and just tell everybody come. Wait, there's a pool there? Yeah, a pool, hot tub. It's amazing. Oh, clearly I need to go to that one. So <laughs> by here off are just very like like almost like a club but even smaller with just little rooms about the place. Pool and hot tub and okay. There's a dungeon, there's a glory hole, there's a porn room. Okay. So have you ever well, I mean, have you ever enjoyed the glory hole room? outside of like work sort of thing like you're just there for entertainment this might be a really weird question but i'm curious about glory holes and it's it's a very weird thing to be curious about but i am i will okay well when i uh the last time i was there like the glory hole actually wasn't there i've just seen like pictures like online but i'm very interested in trying out the glory hole that's why i'm interested because i need to know i need someone else i know to do it so that i can know if i want to do it or not yeah, I mean, I, think, I like I like porn, like glory hole, like porn, like I'm into that. So I just wanna, I wanna see if it's as fun as it looks. Because it, it looks so fun, except for the ones where they're in a porta potty. That does not look fun. You can't make that one look fun, no matter yeah. what they say. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. No, no. So now that we've talked about glory holes and totally broken the ice, there, there is, there's no more boundaries here. We're, we're <laughs> over it. We're like best friends now. <laughs> Yeah, the three of us, we go together. Basically. <laughs> so, you say you live in Toronto. How long have you lived there? My entire life. Oh, that must be. I mean, that sounds so great. Sorry, Canadian <laughs> fans. I wasn't trying to be mean or anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I've lived in uh, different parts of Canada, like here and there for like short bursts, but like born and raised in Toronto mostly. Oh, okay, okay. That's, you know, it, it must be interesting, I guess, um, being a Black woman in Toronto. Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, Toronto's special, right? Because it's, like, it's populated mostly by, like, immigrants, you know? Like, it's a big, big West Indian community. Um, but, like, Canada is not that at all. At all, at all, at all. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Canada's Toronto and Canada is very different from the States. Like it's different. Being a black girl here is different. Okay. okay. Being in Canada, probably not the best for being a black girl, but at least if you're going to be in Canada, Toronto is probably the best area you could be in. Yeah. hundred percent. Like it's, I, yeah, there's no, like maybe Nova Scotia is like a little, a little similar, like just like around like blackness, um, but I, I I would argue that yeah, like Toronto is the best place in Canada to be as a black person. Okay, always wonder because they always like try to in Jamaica they're always doing like these work like programs where they try to get us to like come over there and work, but it's always the most country unpopulated part of Canada. And it's like if I if I do this, I'm gonna be the one black person for like miles. Yeah, no, 100% be. Like, I lived in um, a town in northern Alberta, and I was literally the only black person there. Like, the only one. A lady told me I was the first black person she'd ever seen in real life. Wow. 
<laughs> in real life, but who is a black person that she knows not in real life? Is she watching the Cosby show or something? I mean, fuck Bill Cosby all day, but that's what most people know. But yeah, no, like she would talk about like Beyonce and she's seen music videos, but she never saw, like she asked me if I get hotter in the summertime than her. Because she's like, you know, when you wear a black shirt, you get really hot. Oh my. <laughs> You guys cannot see my face. However, Alicia can. Alicia can, and she's she's dying right now because my face is is doing a thing. It's doing a thing. Yeah. So she's like, "Do you get hotter?" And I'm like, "Ma'am, I've been black my whole life. I could not tell you if I get hotter than you do." But like, did you think there was ever a time where you were? I mean, yeah. Did you think there was a time when you were not black? Like, how would you know if it was hotter than someone else, considering you've all? you know what? I'm not even. I'm not gonna ask any more questions about that. That's just one Northern of the, Canada. That's, <laughs> that's just one of the it. many weird things that white people say. So we're yeah. just gonna put that out there. Uh, so yeah, live in Toronto. Uh, and how do you identify sexually? Like, would you say you are a heterosexual person or a homosexual person? Or a pansexual person, or there's so many sexualities I can go through, guys. I can do polysexual. I I, I can keep going. Um. So I generally, when people ask me, I generally say I like who I like when I like them. Um. But I guess the appropriate word is pansexual. I mean, is is there really an appropriate word for that aside from just what I said? I said what I said. I like who I like. Right. But people love these these words so I like I don't but it's really like I just like who I like when I like I don't know I just I like who I like it should be as simple as I like you I don't like you mm-hmm. that's really what it is for me I do find myself um in in more romantic intimate situations with men like overwhelming like that's more so what happens but I'm attracted to people that are cool Mostly, but I find cool and funny and attractive. Uh, yeah. So, so just so everyone knows, what what do you find cool, funny, and attractive? We're, it's also going to turn out to be a dating show, so we're just going <laughs> to put that information there for other people so that they can know to slide into your DMs. Uh, I like like black people. I think people that are a little weird, a little unusual, a quirky, odd folk. Um. Yeah, and I don't know, and it always it's always changing, right? Like what I'm into, it always changes, and like what I think is cool one day is different another day. Yeah, I'm pretty open. Okay, you hear that, guys? She is open, and she's about to be all the way open once quarantine's over. So, you know, ready, that ready, <laughs> shoot your shot. Yes, shoot your shot. please, please, <laughs> shoot your shot. <laughs> So how long would you say that you've been a practicer of ethical non-monogamy overall and then polyamory specifically? Ah, okay. So ethical non-monogamy? I would say, like, honestly, I would really say, like, about only, like, a year before polyamorous black girl started is when I started getting into ethical non-monogamy. Before that, it was unethical as fuck like it was I was just you know I wasn't doing good shit it wasn't ethical shit at all um and then 
after polyamorous black girl that's when I really started like getting into polyamory and like learning things and and finding the community so it's like I've been polyamorous like in my head my whole life um but I'd say for the like the past like five six years really uh practicing it ethically Huh. Yeah, see, that's why I wanted to make the distinction. Like, there's an ethic side, and then there's the yeah. side that we all think that, well, we, meaning the general populace who knows nothing about polyamory, thinks it is. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but oh, yeah. Uh, distinguish those things. Yeah, it's, it's super important. I mean, it, it's, yeah, because I didn't really think it was possible, right, to for it to function like ethically right and everybody be on the same tape on um, page and you're being truthful about what's going on because i did i just didn't know any polyamorous people i knew people that were doing like secret quiet side chick you don't you know your, your uncle got a got a, another wife somewhere like that type of stuff i knew about that but i didn't know it was possible to actually do polyamory yeah that's definitely why uh People like you are important to the community. Just like, hey, this is a thing. This exists. Please, please do it this way and not the other way, because it's important. Yeah, and I think, and I also think it's super important to like not like shame people around like being unethical because it's just like a process. And so I think, especially for Black people, it can be challenging to come into this knowing of polyamory. That like, like you can be ethical, you can. There are you have to do this like secret, secret lie shit about it. Like it, it, it is possible. Um, but like don't make people feel like shit about it because they didn't know. Yeah, I guess you can't blame not knowing that. Yeah, like. can't blame anyone if they didn't know. I mean, most people. I mean, like I say, for us, for example, like we kind of been figuring it out as we go. Because <laughs> I mean, especially like you know, growing up in Jamaica where we both grew up, there's not really a lot of um, public anything sexual that's not the devil is going to take you if you have sex before marriage so you know it's like okay trying to figure out okay like on my part okay I'm not straight great what does that mean okay cool now you know we're dating people now we're having premarital sex and now we realize okay like we're not just you know monogamous either like how do we go from there so it's I said I I mentioned it in at Black Poly Pride on the online conversation that you know it's such a small community and so like everybody's friends with everybody if you're if you're into it, then you know exactly who else is into it, and so it creates a lot of, um, you know, it's under the guise of ethical non-monogamy, but you probably end up doing a lot of unethical shit anyway, just yeah. because, and then you're forced to keep being friends because these are the only people that you know that do it. Mhm, mhm. So that's that's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, if I if I think back about my journey, I know I probably did some fucked up shit. Yeah. Like I, oh my gosh, I have stories for days about that. And when I think back, like I don't even understand why I why I thought it was okay to do the things that I did. Um, but shit, I didn't I didn't know there was was an alternative. So it's like you feel feelings and you like somebody a lot, and so you just do this thing, um, and you just don't think there's any other option. Yes. We're just, we're just human. We make mistakes. Yeah. We're only human, guys. That's going to be our new tagline. We're only human. Stay the fuck at home. Uh, <laughs> those are our new taglines. Except for when the quarantine's over, then bust it wide open. 
Yeah, so so you say you've been doing this your whole life. How old are you? Are we allowed to talk about age? I know you never ask a woman her age, but you know, I feel like we can ask because I mean, I I can tell you, I'm 30. I'm 31. See, and then Sham, how old are you again? Um, I think I'm 31. You know what? What? What is time? <laughs> yeah, Sham is also 31. I think. Yeah, because it was just your birthday. Yes, yes, it was. My birthday was stolen by the virus, but yeah, it did happen. It did happen. Oh, poor thing. Don't worry. We'll celebrate once all of this is over. We'll have a proper birthday celebration for everyone who missed it. Yes. The 30s are great. I love being 30. Really? I Well, I mean, you get a lot of mixed reviews from people about what they think your 30s are supposed to be like. So I remember thinking I would be married at 25. Like, for me, that sounded like it made perfect sense. And then yes. when I was 25, I was like, what the fuck was wrong with me? Why would I ever think I'd want to get married now? Mm-hmm. Say, I thought I would have five kids, be married. Like, I, I, I thought I'd be so far along in my career. Like, all of this fucking shit. Like, at, like, 21, like, <laughs> I thought I would have that. Like, an idiot. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, I think it's just because, you know, Disney puts expectations on us, okay? We are taught to view people in their 20s as people who are so old. They're mm-hmm. so old. They're so ancient. They've got it all together. And the older you get is just the, the more advanced you have it together. You just have it together. I mean, my mom would have had me when she was in her early 20s. So she was married and had me in her early 20s. And I was just kind of like, yeah, I could never do that. Like, that's not a thing. At all. It, it's like, and having a kid, I was like, and having a kid and being married at the same time on purpose? It's a lot. Like, that's a lot. Like, it's like, now I'm 31. I I just now feel like I, I get life. <laughs> now. Before, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't know what was going on. And now it's like, everything's great because it's like, okay, I get it. Like, the Matrix. I can see code now. Like, I understand. <laughs> I am yeah. Like I've got a better idea than I did when I was 20, but it's still just like, all right, I have this much figured out, but in the time it took to figure that part out, there's like 20 more things that I just don't understand in life. But you know, it's a process. Yeah. We're all growing and changing and shit. I mean, oh, I I also just told someone today that Chad Michael Murray, this is very related but unrelated. He's 38. I told her that he's old as dirt. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, I'm 30. I think this man who's 38 is old as dirt. But it was relevant because she thought that he was dating some teenager person. I mean, the person's like 22, but I called them a teenager. Like, Yeah, I mean, that, that is a teenager. Exactly. The, the ages match. And I'm like, no, he's married and has kids. He's old as dirt. Why would he be dating that person? <laughs> and then she's like, well, does that mean that you're old as dirt? I'm like, well, we're not talking about me now, are we? <laughs> lame <laughs> so what type of poly do you practice like i know people have all these words you know like relationship anarchy you know solo poly hierarchical poly like there are all these terms that you know people who are not enmeshed in the lifestyle they're trying to figure things out they have no idea what any of these things mean like they don't know mm-hmm. um that is something i'm still figuring out when I when I first like stepped into polyamory and started the whole polyamorous black girl shit, I was very like into the hierarchy because I thought that was the way. Um, 
but it's like you know like still unpacking like all all of these messages about like monogamy and that you have to have like a primary you have to have all these that these like levels of like value on people so I just thought that was a way the way when for me it was just actually more about I need to understand where each person fits into my life and so it's like whatever we're gonna call that that's what it is but so I don't know if there's a name for it but that's what I do it's like I have a relationship, we figure out what the fuck it is, and then that's the relationship. And then a relationship with another person, same thing. We just, like, figure it out. And, yeah. That's my polyamory. I truly understand. I heard so many terms and, like, new ways of describing relationships, and I was like, I don't know which one of these I am, and I'm going to figure it out whenever, whatever arises. So, if I have two partners today, that's two partners. If one more shows up, well, I guess that's whatever I am now, so... Yeah, right. Exactly. I feel more comfortable with doing it that way than like picking like okay this type of poly and then that's it and then you get people to fit in to that type of poly where I just feel like uh, people don't work like that relationships don't work like that like let's just let's just see how the fuck it goes. Down to figure it out. Let's just, just everybody's just figuring it out. I mean, I see her talking about like oh kitchen table poly. I'm like. I don't even know what that word is. Like, I mean, I know what it is because I've seen it mentioned around, but I'm like, kitchen table is a very odd way to phrase something like this. But I guess they're kind of like, oh, yeah, we're all on top of each other and we're all doing, you know, the whole thing. I don't know. I, I, I can tell you that that is probably not for me. <laughs> kitchen table, Polly, no? I, I can tell you that right now that is not for me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, things change. You know, I could want different things at different times. Sometimes I want a burger. Sometimes I want a hot dog. So I, I think, yeah, it's definitely about picking and choosing how what relationship works best for you, depending on the relationships that you're actually in. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I think kitchen table poly, like, it can work. But if I don't fucking like my metamors, we ain't doing kitchen table poly because I'm, I'm yeah. happy with somebody I think is whack. Like, that's just not <laughs> happening. Yeah. That's that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you were there yesterday when I said that I'm a great person, but not a nice person. Oh. Relatable. <laughs> so, <laughs> a great, but not very nice. And uh, so I can definitely see if I had a problem with my meta because of whatever, just whatever it might be. Maybe they're a shitty human being to me. Maybe I just, you know, I don't like their hair or something, which has happened before. Some people have weird hair. No offense to them, but like, you know, yeah. it just doesn't sit right with me. Um, but yeah, and then it's kind of like, yeah, but no, we all need to get along and work this out and have this sort of, no, we don't. <laughs> like, we really don't. Like, I'm busy doing other things. Thank you. They, they need my number to let me know if something happens to you when they're with you, when you're with them and vice versa. And that's about it. Or, you know, if there's a birthday party plan and we all agree, okay, we're all doing one thing. That's That's the only time that we really need to be interacting. Yeah. In my mind at this time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see the point otherwise, unless we were actually friends. Yeah. I can see how the situation can change and change the type of poly that you practice. Because in the event that for whatever reason, you just like your metamor because they're a cool person or you knew them before or something, then it would just morph into kitchen table poly, even though that's not the type that you are like setting out to practice. So... Yeah. Because, you know, if you happen to like the the, uh, the other person, so you're all just going to hang out anyway, and then you're going to be like, oh, I guess this is kitchen table poly now, but you can't say that that's what you practice or that's who you are, because, you know, it just happens to be this one person that was cool. Mm-hmm. 
partner who's kind of shitty, you know. <sighs> yeah. Oh. oh god. Some people just be shitty. It's the human condition. <laughs> yeah, it's really unfortunate. And then I oh I t- I tend to honestly like I'll judge a partner if they're dating somebody that I think is whack because it's just like, are you good? Like, are you okay? <laughs> Same. <laughs> What's going on, like, that you are into them? Like, I get it. People bring out different, whatever. I, I guess I get it. But I always feel some type of way when my partner is dating someone who I think is a loser. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely can relate to that. Definitely 100%. I think yesterday when we were talking about that, I was like, yep, yep, yep. I definitely said that in my mind. I'm looking at you funny. I'm like, oh, this is what you like with them. Then what? what's happening here? Like, yeah. I- Mm. who are you really like do I even know you do I even know you that's it right there oh so you talk about partners are you currently in any kind of polycule or are you single as a pringle that one pringle in the bottom of the can that you reach in for the two fingers for or like what what would you say your current relationship status is yeah, I'm definitely the, the the single Pringle in the can a little a, a little but like I'm not like a fully formed Pringle. I'm like a like a crumpled Pringle in the can that you gotta shake the can and then pour it into your hand. That's me. <laughs> uh, so you're you're calling yourself dragged at the bottom of a Pringles can, just to clarify. Hundred percent. That's exactly who I am. <laughs> I have scraps in the Pringle can. That's like times are hard for polyamorous black girl. So ain't shit going on. Nothing. Yeah. Is that something that you want to change now or just like in the near future or? Uh, yeah, I do. De- I've been wanting to, like for a while now. I wanted to change it, but I took a I took a very intentional break from dating because I had a very bad relationship that like resulted in me having to go to like a lot of therapy. I just do a lot of personal work on, like, my role in that. Just, like, a lot of different things. Um, So I took a break because I'm just like, bitch, you're not well. (laughs) So maybe you shouldn't date other people. Um, But I've been over that for a while now. But I don't think I know how to date anymore. Like, I just don't know how to, like, meet people. So it's been a bit of a struggle. That's that's so hard to figure out. Like, how do we do this? How do we make And I only date black people, so that's like that's well, I won't say that. I only date I don't date white people. So here, non-white and poly who don't date white people, it's challenging. It's like uh uh what did I say last time? A minority within a minority. Yeah, minority within a minority. That's exactly what we talked about. Yeah, it's it's um I can imagine especially especially in Toronto that just seems like, you know, uh, we had a similar conversation with um polyamorous well Asian with Michelle where you know she lives in the Pacific Northwest like she lives in Oregon <laughs> and so I asked her I'm like okay well if you've been to a poly meetup like what was it like who were were there other Asian people there she was like yeah there was like one or two. <laughs> I'm like, well, what about any other person who was not white? It's kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe like one or two or three. <laughs> like, yeah, living in these primarily white spaces, even though Toronto is, you know, more ethnically diverse, it's also kind of like, yeah, I mean, I think people still view polyamory as a very white thing, quote unquote. Yeah. 
They think so, of it as a white, like, skit thing, right? Like, so it's like, it's a white thing, you're skinning out and fucking everybody. Like, that's what people think of it as. So, for sure. I can definitely imagine that, that time to, to figure that out. So, you said, you know, right now you're thinking of trying to date, don't know how to date. That's cool. I, I mean, in the Caribbean, dating, well, in Jamaica, when I was growing up, dating was not a thing. Dating was... Your friend's brother went to a different... I went to an all-girls high school, just to put that out there. So, like, a friend's brother went to another school. He happened to be older. He had friends. We'd all go to the movies as a group. And then, you know, it'd be a thing where it's kind of like, yeah, well, you know, so-and-so likes you. So, you know, you go to the movies and you hang out around the mall. (laughs) You stuff like that. And, you know, you text. And then all of a sudden, you're just kind of in a relationship. (laughs) There's, yeah. there's no, there's no like, there's no intentional, hey, you know, I really like you and I want to take you out or let's go to dinner. And I mean, and even, even now, I think dating is still, is now just becoming a thing. Yeah. I don't know, like, Sham, what do you think? I mean, like, you're, you're in the trenches, you know, being the married man that you are. <laughs> you're in the trenches of the dating. Have you, have you seen date culture shift in Jamaica in this time? since I've been, you know, in the other place? Like, very, very slightly. Like, by and large, it's still mostly just what you said. You kind of know somebody, and then somehow you stumble into a relationship. But the full-on, like, oh, you know, I just met you over wherever, and let's go out on a date for the first time, and so on, doesn't really happen as much. It's definitely more than back in our day, back in the day. But, you know, it's still not a heavy dating culture. Like, I know, app, like, the dating apps are out there, you know, Tinder and so on exists, but I don't know. I haven't heard many full-on dating stories come out from those kind of apps. Yeah. I mean, are you, are you on the apps, Alicia? Are you, are you... I'm literally on every single app. <laughs> yeah, and do you have it big and bold in your buyer, like, yeah, polyamorous, transsexual, no white people? Yeah, and they don't like that. Oh, my days. They, white men be in my messages like furious like you're a racist how dare you all types of stuff um but in general I just don't think dating apps are for black women um I just don't think it works for us at all um and I think mostly the messages I get are very 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 sexual um which is like fine right like I'm fucking cool and great and awesome but like I want to I want to date, like I want an actual, I'm not, I'm not a swinger, right? So I, I actually want, let's go to the movies or try, or chat something. Fuck, I'm not trying to show you my breasts and absolutely not. Like, stop this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. I, I've experienced that here in, well, actually everywhere, because, you know, in just everywhere. Um, I will get a lot of matches from white men. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that, oh, I had a guy tell me once that he had jungle fever. Okay. That oh. was very kind of him to say. He's just like, oh yeah, my friend says I have jungle fever. You know, you know how it is. And like, he's like an LOL. And I'm just kind of like, can I tell you all the ways in which what you just said was offensive? And he was <laughs> like, well, my my black friend said it to me. And I'm like, that's, that's not um, the same thing. My black friend. <laughs> my black friend told me I have jungle fever. So I decided to tell you, as the black woman I'm trying to date, that I have jungle fever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think it, it, it is, it's not, it doesn't mean what you think it means, honey. Yeah. Do you date white men? I have been on dates with white men. Have I had a relationship with a white man? No. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, there's a fundamental, 
No, I think there's a fundamental disconnect. Like I've talked about this with people. I said, you know, I have a hard time even thinking about dating an American person, like just who doesn't come from a Caribbean background. Listen, just, let's talk about that. <laughs> like I think there's this big disconnect in what my experiences are as a black woman born and raised in the Caribbean who moved to the U.S. as an adult mm-hmm. that a lot of Americans, one, cannot understand. Uh, white, black, brown, doesn't matter. They just, they don't get it. And then secondly, like, okay, even if somehow you do get that whole transplant issue, then there's a whole set of my culture that you're just not going to understand or relate to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I have been on dates with white people. I've had, you know, fun times with white people. And in terms of that, you know, we've had great conversation about current stuff. But of course, you can't talk about race because then it gets tricky. You can't talk about, you know, growing up because then it's kind of like this weird you know, they don't understand the things that I want to talk about. I, I, yeah, it's it's a lot more work than it should be, in my opinion. No, and, 100% agree. Yeah, like it's like, and dating is labor like in and of itself, right? Like it's a certain type of labor. So it's just like, why am I adding the, this complication? Like for what? Why? I have other yeah. things to be doing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's actually where I'm at right now. Because, I mean, up until about maybe three years ago, I think that's probably the last time I went on a date with a white person. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it got to a point and I was just kind of like, yeah, no, I can't keep doing this. I can't, you know, I have to explain to them, okay, well, I can't go to this place with you because it's not safe for black people. <laughs> They're kind of like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not like those people. I'm like, it has nothing to do with you. I mean, the fact that you're white is already an issue, but yeah. me expressing to you that certain spaces may be safe for you because one, you're a guy <laughs> or yeah, I've never dated a white woman, only white men, probably because I use men for sex and not for anything else, but that's a whole separate issue. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like trying to explain to you like, yes, this, these places are not safe for me. One, because I'm not the same color as you Two, yeah. I happen to be a woman, which makes it even worse. And three, yeah. I'm a queer woman. That's just like a whole nother layer to a lot of things where it means I don't feel safe in certain spaces that you do. Yeah. And uh, they don't take it seriously. They just think that, oh, racism is over. We had Obama. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it's like I get hot. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk. Like the last I I, before I got really, really like radical Alicia, I used to go on dates with and fuck white guys until I was fucking this white guy and we got into a whole argument because he didn't understand why it was a problem that he um because he wanted to call me a nigger when we fucked and so he didn't understand a nigger when we fucked right and he didn't understand why he couldn't do that and I was like I had like a spiritual moment. I said, bitch, what are you doing? Why are you even having this conversation with this man right now? I had to like, I was explaining. I'm like, do you understand? Do you understand what you're doing, what you're saying, how wildly racist and crazy that is? And he was arguing with me about it. And I was, that was it for me. I'm like, I'm not putting myself in that type of situation ever again. Absolutely not. Like suggesting it is one, but the fact that he like fought for it, like, no, no, he should be able to, like, nah. And here I thought uh, Jungle Fever Boy was going to be the weirdest white man we talked about today. <laughs> oh, there is always a weirder white man out there. Let's just put that. There's always a weirder white man. Uh, but, yeah, I, I people who get off on race play and sex, like, you know, Matt, 
So I'm in, I understand kink community's understanding of dob sub situations, master slave situations as it relates to a kink space. Once you start putting race in there, um, I am, yeah. we're not going <laughs> to be doing that. Uh, there, I don't think I know a single person who says the N word. Like, I mean, I say nigga all the time. Like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like, I don't like, think... that's our business, right? Like, that's yeah. black people's business. We can discuss all the layers of that, but that's a black thing. Yeah. Like, I always liken it to like, um, like I can call my mom fat, but you can't call my mom fat because that's not that's not your mom. So, nigga is our shit we can, that's our business. And so it's like, I shouldn't have to have any sort of conversation with a non-black person on, on their use of the N-word. Like, it's just, why do you even want to say it? Why? Yeah. Oh, no. So I saw the Latina boy say the other day at the airport. Last time I went to the airport for work, I, um, yeah, I was waiting to, for the bus to get there so I could get to the parking lot. And these two, um, Latino boys are talking to each other. Well, boys, meaning they work at the airport, probably like, you know, 18 or 19 or whatever. I'm like, yeah, my nigga, da, 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 da. I'm, I'm sitting there looking at them. I'm like, these, these people who are not even black are just out here just casually dropping the N word to each other. Like they're allowed to do that. And I was in uniform. Otherwise, you know, this would have been a whole different conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I, I something that you don't realize how pervasive it is. I think especially in America, like there, I've I've noticed that a, a lot in America with those communities, because like they can just say it, and I don't, because it's not really a thing here uh, at all. Um, it's interesting. I, I have a weird question for you. Do you find that people have a problem calling you black, like white people? or like other people who are not black. I, I have a f- acquaintance who's married to uh, someone from Europe, from the Scandinavian side of the world. And um, she told a story to us about the first time like she went and saved them for, like, for Christmas or something. And um, her now father-in-law called her a Negro because to them calling someone black was offensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, but he thought the word Negro was appropriate? Yeah. <laughs> I, I've i had, so like not in Toronto. Um, I haven't had that experience in Toronto, but when I lived in like, so I lived in BC before and I lived in Alberta. Um, and there I found that people uh, called me colored a lot. Um, so, and, and they, they, I don't know why. And so when I would pull them up on it, I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm black. And they're like, oh, well, I wasn't sure. Sh- I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I thought colored, you know, was the word. So yeah, I have noticed that, that outside of Toronto, that is a thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that is, it's, it's a weird thing to me. I mean, it's like when people kick offense when you call them white, I'm half Italian. It's oh. like, the the spicy whites love to say that I'm Greek I'm not white it's like ma'am you're white stop it <laughs> oh humans 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 but yeah so you said you know you don't date white people you don't really want white metas and um, you live in Toronto you're you're like you said you're in a thing in a thing in a thing and uh, it's very difficult for you to date you're on all the apps you know white people still run up in your DMs mm-hmm. like. Uh, I mean, you would think they would get the message, but I mean, like you've talked about, well, I mean, uh, 
Black Valley Friday talked about the shadow banning and white supremacy and Facebook and all that stuff. And I mentioned it while I talked to uh, Michelle. So I think it's just like interesting all the ways in which white people still want to insert themselves into spaces that are not for them. Well, and I think the thing about it is, is like they're not used to that, right? Like they're used to walking anywhere and being able to do whatever the fuck they want. So when they're explicitly told like, no, it's not for you. No, 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 Jonathan, you're not welcome here. It's it's like they it disrupts their whole fucking mind. They get discombobulated and they just really don't know how to process and deal with it. Because um, white people live in this like insulated environment and bubble. And so it's just like they're not they're not used to being told no at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, who wants to tell anyone no? No, no one's not a word any people, anyone I think wants to hear, but especially them. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. You're right. So we've talked about this weird community stuff, you know, like the, the well, white supremacy is a very pervasive thing, it happens in our whole life, whatever, as long on top of patriarchy, on top of all the other stuff. So that's yeah. the negative side of what you've experienced <laughs> community-wise. Um, but what are some of your best experiences in the community? Uh, what? That's really, I don't know if we asked about how the community is in Toronto, the poly community. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... I'll answer it in two parts. So I'll start with the polyamorous community in Toronto. I'm trying to be be delicate. Um, You can be blunt. Be real. Be real. So for me, it's not really my scene. It's very, I have a white man. I'm a black girl and I have a white man. It's very much that, right? It's very much um, like BIPOC people dating white folks. And yeah, it's not, I don't really, I don't really fuck with uh, polyamorous people in Toronto, like at all. I would say like my, what I would identify as my polyamorous community is outside of Toronto. It's mostly Americans, honestly. Um, that's where I found like the most community and like mostly people like from like my Facebook page. And so it's like, I don't, there ain't nothing good happening here in, for, for in terms of my politics and, and what I'm into, like I'm into like very much black, ideally West Indian like community with polyamorous people. Um, and that just doesn't exist here at all. There's also the layer of Canadians being very conservative, um, very very conservative like I don't even get hit on on in in the street like that's just not a thing um and so in terms of positive experiences I would say like the best experiences I've had and what makes all of this polyamorous black girl shit like worth it for me is the messages I get from black women on the page and that just me talking about my experience has made them like feel less alone about their experience um so like the positive stuff is like less about like my personal dating shit because that has been kind of whack but it's more about like the community and just like being open and honest about who you are and what you like and like that making a space for other people to feel comfortable so I think that's for me is the best part about polyamory right now oh and we of course thank you and appreciate you because I mean like I said like we we're going to, I'm going to start, you know, writing stuff. I'm like, you know what? PPG said this already, guys. We don't need to go any further. I'll just link you to the post. <laughs> All 
I know. It's good. I think it's great that we build these relationships, especially, you know, in the black community and try to disprove that this is not just some white shit. Yeah. And just like, I think for me, just also uh, having like the privilege of being able to like unpack how we come to to, like understand love as like black people. um, I think that that makes me really happy to be able to do that because I think there's a lot going on. Like we talk about white supremacy and all of these like other spaces like around like violence and like this and that, but we don't really talk about love and how it impacts how we love and how we're, we're doing this shit. You know, I think I even said in the, the, the fucking zoom call last night about like, when have we known love without restrictions on this land? And it's like, I don't think we have. We ever. have not. And, and, and so it's just like it that just like that experience of just like this knowing of polyamory and just talking about it is a really positive thing for me. It makes me very even if I'm never fucking partnered in my life, like till I die, like that's fine. It's the unfortunate, but it's fine. But just to do this with other black people is amazing to me. Wow, that's, that's very inspirational, very beautiful. That's a very like. I want to put that up on like a postcard or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> Just quote Polyamor for that girl. <laughs> like I said, that's what I plan to do all day. Just be like, no, 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 no. PPG already said this. I have it. I have it here. It's right here. It's all a thing. So would you say that what made you want to write your stories and publish them and share them with everyone? Is it just like the connection? Was it just like at the, at the beginning, where, did you think you were screaming into a void sort of thing? Or were you actively trying to influence people what what would you say your motivation was originally for writing and publishing so my instagram bio says i have no idea what i'm doing and that is that rings true for my whole life i have no fucking idea what i'm doing and so the the polyamorous black girl began because my friend had a blog and they're like write some shit And I was in a cool, what I thought was a cool relationship at the time. And I just, I wanted to tell everybody about my cool relationship. Um, But I'd also been living with this like shame of polyamory. And the relationship was making me so happy that I was like, fuck that. Like, I don't want, I don't want to pretend like I'm not happy, like in this situation. And I want to talk about, I want to scream it from the rooftops. And I want to talk about polyamory and the struggles that I've had so I just kind of wrote it to write it because I loved the person that I was with and that was really it for me and um when it got wildly popular I was like okay and I'm just gonna run with it I, I, I got emails from people and messages and um so I just kind of went with it it wasn't this like intentional thing of like I'm gonna go online and tell my story but um it just that's just what happened and vulnerability is my gem like I fuck with that like I think vulnerability is really powerful um and so you know yeah (laughs) I haven't really I'm I I don't think shit through I just kind of just do it and if it feels good and it, it works I do it but it's not like this like elaborate scheme you know like it's it's not that well thought out at all so it just kind of happened yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it's continuing to happen and just happen. I, <laughs> I mean, it seems kind of intentional at this point though. I mean, like you post regularly. You have thoughts and ideas and you share them. Like 
I mean, I guess it is if you're impulsive, you say that it is just kind of consistently happening. You just happen to post to this page instead of another one. Yeah, but it's like, I mean, okay, so like there's now at this point, because I guess I'm like popular now, right? At this point, it's like, okay, I I'm, I schedule a post and I'll think about whatever. But this is just shit. I'll just be getting blunted and like thinking about shit. And I'm like, all right, let me just put it, put it, put it online. But it's not like this like strategic thing. I just more, I, I more kind of see it as I used to be the polyamorous black girl by myself in my room thinking I was weird and strange for liking more than one person. And so, cause I don't give a fucking shit about anything. What, why not just say who I am and how I am? And maybe that'll make somebody else feel comfortable. So I think in that way, like that's intentional. Um, just cause I think it's important to just be that in the world. So you give other people permission to like be themselves. And so they don't feel fucking weird and strange about who they are, but it's not, I don't really just, I don't think about it that hard. <laughs> like he just got the popularity and the fame. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go with it and just write it, write it out. Yeah. I try not to even think about it. Like I didn't even know until somebody mentioned it to me. They're like, oh, you have 15,000 followers on Facebook. I was like, oh, word. True. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really take it in because I just don't want to. I don't know. It's not about that, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, she's famous, but also humble famous. So like, I, I can, I can, I can, I can deal with it. I can live with that. They're gonna yeah. unpublish the page soon, anyway. So that's gonna fucking disappear. Oh uh, yeah. With because you keep getting reported, right? Yeah, for hate speech. Because you talk about how white people ain't shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people go out of their way to follow your page knowing you feel this way just to report you yeah it would be so for them to just avoid you like and that's my thing like i've made it very clear from the beginning like what my politics are and this is some black shit and it's just like you do you don't have to you don't have to be here at all so i, I think it's very very interesting but i think what it is is i think i make white people uncomfortable and i make them think about how they're all racist and they don't like that and they want to kind of smudge me out. There's also the other layer of black men who are with white women who don't like them. So I think that's the whole other side of it. Oh, boy, you're just making everybody mad. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like we talk about this with black men dating white women, it's proximity to whiteness makes them more powerful in their mind. Yeah. And maybe in real life, depending on the position that you're in, but yeah, it's kind of like if I'm a fairly attractive black man I can pull this you know white lady uh and I'm sorry usually the white ladies are not that pretty quote unquote I mean like some of them are really really gorgeous of course but then there's some of them where you're just kind of like yeah you know like I'm with my my white goddess or what do they call them they're they're there's another word for them that they use like they're queens and their things and you know and then it's kind of like okay so you're using this attack as what exactly like what are you trying to achieve here yeah and it's like it's like bro if you want to do that do that over there like nobody cares like get away from me why are you here why are you around me if that's what you're into be with your white women like yeah there's nothing wrong with you being with white women you go on and do your thing and just leave the rest of us to do whatever it is that we're doing yeah exactly it's very simple to me but they always find their way on my shit furious 
And so, quite honestly, I can't wait until, like, I'm so excited for Polyamorous Black Girl on Facebook to be unpublished, because I'm just, like, it's, it's a lot. It's too much. It's too, 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 too much. How much, how many, like, hateful messages would you say you receive, like, I, I don't know how often you check the page, but, like, when you check the page, you say you'll see, like, a lot of messages of people, like, saying shit at you, or just, like, every once in a while? Like, uh, in my messages or on the page itself? Um... On the page itself and then also in your messages, yeah. So in my messages, I would say like uh, 10 to 15 a day. And then on the page, uh, it, it varies depending on what I'm posting. So if, like if I'm posting stuff like just directly speaking about like white supremacy um, and how white people are racist, uh, it, it's it's a lot. It's like a a lot it's a it's a lot per post but if I if I'm not posting things that are talking about white people maybe like once once or twice a week not not that much they get interesting (laughs) they go out of their way to message you and say shit to you but they only pop up in public when they feel triggered yeah man see that shit sham this is why we can't be super famous I mean it is gonna come to uh no it's not gonna come to that we're not going to have that because we're probably I'm probably not going to do a Facebook page for this. <laughs> that's probably the only way to avoid it. Yeah, I wouldn't. I honestly, for like black people, and that's the tricky bit is that like there are a lot of black people on Facebook. Like I, th- I think it's the platform like we like we dominate like the most. Um, but it's just uh, it, it's 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 a race. It's a white nationalist pop platform. So if if you're doing stuff that is focused on black people and blackness, like you're just gonna have to navigate through like a lot of white supremacist flurry. And I just don't think it's worth it at all. See, Sham, she already told us we we just can't do this. We just can't do this because then you know if I go crazy responding to people and then I'm gonna you know lose my mind doing that because you know we can't spend time devoting to racists that's just not how that works um yeah so what would you tell baby you who you know just started like when you got into your journey you know you're in your unethical moments into your ethical moments to whatever like what would you tell like much younger you at the beginning of your journey and towards polyamory white guy Yes, aside from not sleeping with white men. Um, but like what 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 do you wish that you knew when you started? Uh, I wish I knew that there's nothing shameful about loving more than one person, right? Like I, I used to think it, it made me like a like a bad person, uh, or like a so so I so I have no problem with uh being there's nothing wrong like with, with like a whore slut like I'm like I'm all about that because I spread open all day like I'm with the shits uh but earlier on in my journey I used to think um that there was really something something wrong and so it's just like if you love more than one person that meant all of these like negative shameful things about yourself that you're like a classless girl and you're slack and all of these things and so I wish I knew then that there's just is love is love is love and there's nothing wrong with that and if your heart is big and you can love more than one person like that's really powerful and amazing and yeah so I I my younger self I wish less shame all All you baby Alisa's out there you know you you listen to that that's that's your advice for anyone starting out 
so I'm curious. Uh, what do you think is the best way to meet someone like in the community for you? Like, how do you date? How do you find people? What's the most effective? For me, what's been most effective has been conferences, actually, and things like like the Black Poly Pride, like the Zoom, those Zoom conversations. Like, listen, people have been sliding in my DMs, and I'm very thankful. Thank you, Black Poly Pride, for that, <laughs> because I've been getting like love. Um, but I also think it's like complicated, right? Because there's all of these different things around like privilege and access, and not everybody can pay the money to go to a conference and then travel to a conference. Um, for me, I've just found that that's just what's happened and what I've been lucky enough to go to those things. Uh, but I honestly don't know what's the best way to meet people. Like that's, that's my biggest thing of trying to figure that out of like, how the fuck do I do this and meet people who, um, are in line with my politics, who will like understand me culturally as a Canadian, as a Guyanese person, like, it's hard, I re- fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. You understand. Yeah, we're all just trying to figure out something. Yeah, I wish we had, like, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm so excited for, like, like your podcast, like, my platform, Black Poly Pride, like, all of these things to, like, grow so we can start to build that for ourselves to make it easier for Black Poly people to meet other Black Poly people. Yeah, clearly we're the ones like building the, the book for the next generation or all the black poly people out there trying to figure it out right now. Because there's so many of us. Like my email is filled with like people from everywhere, like all over the place of just saying like, I thought I was the only one. I didn't know there were other black polyamorous people. And so it's crazy that there's just like, there's so many of us just out there just like quietly filled with all of this love and we just don't know that there's nothing wrong with us. So and, but it's also sweet that you know you are kind of like this beacon of people that's finding a way to find themselves. Which is great. So let's say you figured out your uh, your whole dating thing, you, you found your first your your best couple or whoever you need to link up with. What's your ideal arrangement? Like what's your best possible scenario like couple uh you know throuple what do you what do you think the best arrangement you can think of Um, for me the best arrangement is being with people who love me lots and give me attention and it's really that simple (laughs) for me um i know i want like I, I want babies. I want a lot of babies. I just want to be like, I actually wanted to like apply to be like a surrogate because I just just want to be pregnant. Because um, <laughs> I just I'm very like into kids and I want like babies and um, I believe in community very much. So like it, ideally I would just be around people, however many people that is who love me and I love them. And I don't know, maybe we have some pigs and. <laughs> we have a farm and we're, we just love each other but I, I I don't have a like but whatever that is is whatever that is and for me it's just really about so long as I have babies and maybe like a pig or a chicken I'm all cool with the shits and I can have my quiet time you know like I don't want nobody to sleep in the bed with me in the night because I spread out and that and that's it really I'm a simple I'm a simple girl 
So you okay. need your own bedroom. 100%. Like, I, that whole cuddling in the night bullshit, nah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you need to go, B. I need to, I need my space. Okay, so would you want a compound or just, like, a really large, like, farmhouse sort of thing? Whatever my pockets will allow, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Um, I, so long as I have my space, like, that's just really important to me. I just need, I'm a very introverted person. Uh, I need, like, a lot of time to myself. Um, and so, so long as I have that, um, I'm, I'm cool with it. Clearly, it's farmhouse. Did you not hear about those chickens and pigs? And- <laughs> Listen. Listen, I know, but I'm saying it could be like a farm compound sure. thing. They're different. Some farms are bigger than others, okay? She could have like a main house and there could be like other houses, okay? Maybe exactly. some people want to live with their other metas and shit on the same property. You don't know what it's going to be like. Exactly. Need somewhere to ship all those damn kids, too. Right? <laughs> and I want to homeschool all my kids, too. So like a little school on a compound, you know? So I can teach them about black nationalism. <laughs> Like your own little, little village. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, like a village. Okay. So would you would you like you know join up with other Black polyamorous people and create like a little town just for you guys to live in? Yes, I would actually love that. I think that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Everybody put together, gets buy a whole bunch of land and just yeah. make, make a whole ass town, and then it's just gonna be surrounded by like-minded people all day. Can you imagine a black polyamorous town? That would be lit. I'd be it, so into that. It, it it would be really, really awesome. Like, I'm saying this, and I'm, in my entire in my head, I'm like, well, how much money do I really have right now? <laughs> I don't have any. Never mind. I'm going to focus resources. We're going to make this happen. Once, once outside open back up, you know, we figure this out. Yeah. I mean, land prices must be dropping now, right? Yeah, I know. I've been looking at like different apartments. I'm like, oh shit, like it's dropping. I'm into that. <laughs> oh, because I saw that. There's this whole article talking about. I don't know if you saw the Airbnb article about all those Airbnb owners, you know, losing everything because they've. Um, it. I mean, I think of how they built their Airbnb empires like a fancy scheme of sorts because like you're taking loans to buy more property to not make the payments unless you have people renting it out for airbnb yeah so like people have like three or four properties and then still have their own homes to pay mortgages for and then now that airbnb is you know not crashing but pretty much you know stalled on the market due to you know quarantines and lockdowns and whatever people are like oh well we've lost you know tens of thousands of dollars in income per like apartment or per house or whatever. And I'm like, well, like, Oh, we're going to lose our own house because of this. I'm like, well, why were you guys using money you don't have to buy properties that you can't afford to maintain? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, they're blaming Airbnb for doing the mass refunds at the beginning of this whole period and everything. I'm like, what, what, because they have secure policies, you know, and so they didn't expect Airbnb to override their own refund policies. And I'm like, but it's their company. Yeah, exactly. They still get to do whatever the hell they want. Like, I don't I don't get it. Yeah, very <laughs> but, interesting. Yeah, but it, it's a whole thing. Apparently, I, I'll see if I can find an article and send it to you. I mean, I usually I used it to laugh, honestly, because it's a lot of people. It's a lot of white people. Oh, <laughs> and so I laughed quite a bit because they're like so indignant and so upset and I'm just kind of like but what did you expect and it, 
Airbnb, sure, it works as it it works as it does now because they've subverted the entire hotel market. Airbnb is now like a big hotel structure thing. Fine. But also, what did you expect would happen if something were to, if the world were to end tomorrow? Were they just expecting that the banks would be blown up so no one would be calling in their loans? Yeah. Yeah. What what did they really think? What did you how did you really think this was sustainable? And then some people like they got success with one property and so they bought two more because one property was successful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in all fairness, <laughs> no one saw this coming. No, well, that's not true. That's not true. Some people saw this coming. Some people oh. knew there was going to be a plague of some sorts coming oh. in this time period, okay? We, we were due a plague. We were due a plague. That's the thing. It's super, like, it's just thing. I think I watched that on Netflix to have that, um, that show explained and they had an episode on like like pandemics and just like that there's like I don't know like three thousand something like that um in nature of of diseases that they don't even know about right so it's just like it's just a thing that's gonna fucking happen so it's like maybe you should have been prepared for some shit to happen we didn't know it was going to happen today or like this year, but we knew that something was coming. And then, but I think a lot of people thought that they would be immune to anything that could happen because they were making a certain kind of money. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now they're realizing that um, they're not that different from us poor lowly folk at the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you still die alone in a vet in your hospital room, just like the rest of us. Right. So real. So real. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. But I thought it. I thought it was interesting that that's one of the big things. And of course, landlords with their empires with renting. Right. Um, but yeah, the reason I brought the Airbnb thing, I remember now, is because a lot of them are trying to convert their Airbnbs into rental properties. Mm-hmm. So instead of it being like just an Airbnb, they're now trying to get six to twelve month leases signed, where they'll make significantly less money just in order to keep shirts on their backs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. That's why properties are popping up everywhere. And that's my smart bit for the day, even though it was confusing. That was great. Love that. <laughs> See, guys, she loved that. I'm awesome. Just make <laughs> notes about that. I'm amazing. <laughs> so, right. We have to tell them. Where can they find you? Aside from Facebook, which is about to get, you know, whatever. I mean, they can follow you now, but. Yeah, you know. unpublished probably because I'm going to say some shit. It's going to be wild and upset the whites. Uh, but where am I? I am on Instagram, uh, which is fun. Polyamorous Black Girl. I have a Patreon that I don't use enough because I, it's very difficult to be motivated during quarantine. Um, I have a locked Twitter page, so that's fun. Yeah. What? That's where the DMs are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could DM on Instagram, guys. Instagram has DMs too. You just slide in those Instagram DMs and make things happen. Um, and do you have like a website also, or is it just are you primarily using like Facebook and um, those other platforms right now? I do like I do have a website, so polyamorousblackgirl.com is a thing, but it's currently under construction because I. As I said, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, right? So uh, I, I used to have a whole bunch of articles up on there, but I just uh, I just need some time to figure out how I want that to function. So that exists, but right mm-hmm. now it's just 
it's under construction because I just don't know I just don't know what to do with it as yet I'm trying to enter because I'm a filmmaker too so I don't know I don't know what I'm doing okay so when we want to make our special polyamorous movies you are the person that we go to oh 100% yeah see guys I'm creating connections for all of us. I'm going to, of course, put the links to all of the places where you can find Alicia in the show notes. I'm going to put it in the regular show notes and the detailed ones. And, um, yeah, support her on Patreon, guys. Give her some money. Right? I I got tuition to pay, all types of shit. (laughs) And, uh, oh, yeah, do you you want us to put, like, a Cash App link or anything? Do you guys have Cash App in Canada? We do not have Cash App in Canada. That's useless. <laughs> we have I mean, PayPal in Canada. PayPal. Okay, but if you guys want to pay Polly Amherst Black Girls tuition, we're going to, like, drop her PayPal on there, too, and you guys can just send her some money. How about that? Fantastic. We very appreciate it because it's, it's struggling <laughs> right now. It's hard out here in these streets. I know we're all suffering in our quarantine periods. I mean, like, I am currently in that furloughed state, <laughs> you know, temporarily mm. unemployed, theoretically. But yeah. uh, it's only it's only temporary if this thing ends soon, right? That's the thing. When is it going to end? Is it going to end? It's It ends when people stay their fucking asses at home. Like, <laughs> I've been seeing the pictures of everyone ba- gathering on beaches, no masks, no, no coverings, just like laying out there, all that naked skin touching other people. Dangerous. Right? Stay the fuck at home. Stay home so that I can leave the house one day. Damn. Yeah. Has it touched Jamaica yet? At all? Yeah. We have four. We have over 400 cases right now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's bad. Like it's not like, no, it's not New York, but you know, we were we were doing well until like one day just one office got it and it just spread to like like 50 people at a time and then since then it's just been on the rise but you know we got like stay at home orders and stuff so you know we're we're figuring it out yeah it's just it's just it's just insane like when you look at and then i mean because jamaica is not backward in terms of like you know anything like that but i mean in terms of like our online systems are not up to scratch for this current time period so for example i needed to reset my online banking stuff right i had to go to the branch first to then call someone to them to send another thing to then call someone else for them to send me another thing in order to be able to reset my online account really that's really surprising though because i like i like as a guyanese person guyana is like behind in everything and i always see jamaica as like this like flourishing, very progressive, up to the time place. <laughs> so that's they're like two steps forward, one step back. It's like oh, yeah, it's like brand new, but then there's still like some processes and things that's just very clearly set in the old ways. It's like I think unfortunately this virus is like kickstarting a lot of that. So like a lot of people are working from home now who wouldn't have had the chance to otherwise and a lot more things are going online that were never going to be done before. So, yeah, this is like a kick in the ass. But. Let's put it this way. Food delivery is is just now a thing. Really? The only, the only, places, the only places that delivered, the only places that really delivered before were pizza. Yeah. Like, there and were then, like all companies that did it, 
but then because of this, you just think like every restaurant is not like available just because of this. So it's like, That's so interesting. Yeah. Yep. Now you can even have someone, you know, do like, you know, online grocery shopping like we have in the US, we have Instacart, whatever. That's now also a thing. Like it was it's like a lot of these things were like super very you had to be at a certain echelon of society to be able to access them. Yeah. Um, and like so there were a couple of food delivery services, like we said, but not that many. And <laughs> most restaurants weren't on there. But now everyone's trying to, of course, keep their doors open. So it's like, hey, no, no, no. My supermarket delivers like you can just call and we'll, we'll, we'll get the stuff together for you and we'll do the thing. And now every restaurant's like oh no we deliver too we partnered with these people or we now have curbside pickup we never had curbside pickup was not a thing curbside pickup did not exist yeah yeah and now it's like oh yeah now we do curbside pickup now we do delivery we deliver alcohol like you can order drinks from a restaurant they'll just send those also like cocktails and shit it's amazing but um (laughs) yeah it's amazing but it's also it's kind of like this is what it took to get there yeah (laughs) This is where we're at. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think, is there anything else we forgot to ask you? I don't know. Sham, did we forget to ask her anything? I don't think so. It run through my head. No. No. Okay, yeah, we asked where to find her. We asked um, all the important super secret questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I want to uh, move out of Canada and go to Guyana, yes. Yes, oh, that's right. Guyana has oil now too, right? Right, that's that's the thing. Guyana got oil now. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and it's it's so funny. So when I first saw your name, like you know, your full name, and I was kind of like, you know, this seems like a very island name. <laughs> but I didn't say anything because, of course, some people get offended when you say that. <laughs> but then, you know, when you use like, oh yeah, I'm having some Guyana, I was like, there we go. Makes perfect sense now. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. One day. One day we'll all get to leave the places that we're at that we don't need to be at and go home. Right. That's really it. Right? Like, I, I mean, I, I think I would I would just split my time. Like, I, I, I mean, I do. Like, Canada is my home. But like Guyana, like I, I want to go back and forth between the two. That's the dream. That's the dream. And then now it's. Yeah, it's being built because Guyana has been behind for a while <laughs> and so it, it, there, there's some changes changes now so um it's exciting right what's that Shan? Yeah, right now i just want to go anywhere yeah right now i just want to go anywhere yeah right <laughs> you're right i just want to meet somebody <laughs> go on a date something oh, that'd be so nice and then they could eat my pussy afterwards Right? I, I, not even all that. I just want my ass squeezed a little bit or slapped. Ooh, a, little, a little love tap, a little, you know. Right. A little. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's super dope. Well, of course, we want to thank Alicia for joining us. You know, I said super famous, polyamorous black girl. We're bringing the celebrities, dropping the mic every time. You know, <laughs> Twitter. She has a secret Twitter account. And by secret, I mean, it's just locked. So she has to like you to accept you. Um, so if you want to send her the DMs, the best place to do that would be Instagram. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Instagram is the place. The website's under construction. As she has a Patreon, though. So, yeah, just support her on Patreon. Also support Black Poly Pride on Patreon because you really have to support other black businesses, guys. Yes, yes, yes. And when we create our Patreon, you'll support us too, right? I don't know it. You guys, you guys, you guys love us. You got this. You got this. Patreon. Patreon's actually lit. Like, you should have a Patreon. But sure. then that means creating content. <laughs> Well, yes. (laughs) 
do you know how hard it is for me to get <laughs> okay so every week i end up posting a thing on twitter or instagram saying hey it's tuesday guess who hasn't done the show notes yet <laughs> who thinks what time who knows what time i'll be done them today <laughs> But the thing about the Patreon is because people pay are paying the money up front, like, every month, you feel some type of way if you don't make the content. So it's just, like, it's a real motivator to, like, put the shit out there. Oh, that's smart. Okay, guys, we're going to work on our Patreon. We're going to do special Patreon content. Exclusive stuff. It's going to be exclusive. Yeah. Because you can make the interviews very filthy and then take the filthy stuff and put it on the Patreon. Oh, see, ah, oh, sham ideas. Now I gotta like, uh, I gotta write some stuff down. I gotta write some stuff down. Sham, take it away. Take it away. <laughs> we figure it out. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks so much again for joining us. Um, but yeah, this is this is the end of the interview part. So he's gonna stop recording now. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. Once again, we want to thank PVG, a.k.a. Alicia, a.k.a. Polyamorous Black Girl, our super famous celebrity guest. How great was that talk? Did you enjoy it? We enjoyed it. I we mean, had. I can barely remember it, but, you know, I enjoyed it. <laughs> we had a dope time. We had a really, really dope time. And, of course, uh, we will put the links to find Alicia in our show notes. And uh, also, we'll mention them here. You can find her on Instagram at Polyamorous Black Girl. She's a private Twitter, but it's also at Polyamorous Black Girl. There's a website that is currently under construction. Um, it's a Patreon, which we'll put the link for in our show notes. Uh, like she's kind of everywhere. There's a Facebook page that's probably going to be unpublished any day now, but still, yeah. you can search for it. Polyamorous Black Girl. Did you say our stuff? Oh no, we didn't say our stuff. Right. Uh, follow us at Monogamous Pod on Twitter. Monogamous. And Instagram. Instagram, yes. It's mostly just cool stuff that Jen comes up in our head, but you know, occasionally you might see all your good stuff. One of us. Yeah. Sh- Shams included. You know, I consult him about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, of course, you can check out our detailed show notes at uh, monogamishpod.wordpress.com. Is that it? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, rate, like, subscribe, all those things. Rate, review and subscribe. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Review. We like five stars. Five stars. You know what? I think we should start doing a thing where, like, if we get like a really dope five star review, we should send them a sticker. We don't have any stickers yet, but that might be a part of the Patreon process. I don't know. more work. We're going to get stickers. Listen, you know what? I don't know. It's quarantine. Anything is possible. I don't know what's going to happen yet. Yeah. I don't even know if stickers are a thing. Stickers might have been canceled because of the quarantine. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But you know what, guys? We're going to work something out for our super dope reviewers. So if you have reviewed for us, link to your review and send me a DM on Instagram. If you also want to just send me a DM on Instagram just because you can, that's dope, too. I mean, if you want to hit on me on Instagram or Twitter, that's dope too. At Nagamishpa, don't forget, don't forget. I'm I'm super available. Oh. <laughs> Is there anything else we forgot? I think that's it. Yeah. Well, again, thanks to Alicia. Thanks to Sham for putting up with my craziness. <laughs> and, uh, thanks to you guys for listening. We we have like a steady stream of listeners from all over the world, which is like super amazing. And we love you guys. And yeah, keep on fighting the good fight by listening to Monogamish. Don't forget this time.
<laughs> Don't forget us. Right. Again, you know, I'm Jed. I'm Sham. And. Oh, yeah. monogamish. <laughs> that one I think was fucked up. That's not the Oh, no, it's XOXO. Thank